Hey there, thanks for joining our friends and family round. This is Funded's sister show, where I beg and plead some of the industry's brightest stars to invest their time with me. In each episode, we ask a guest to help break down a specific topic in fundraising, investing, or entrepreneurship. This week, I chatted with Russ Heddleston, founder and CEO of Docsend. I called Russ because he had just released a report on the last quarter of what was probably the craziest year in venture funding ever. I was super excited to hear about what the numbers said about 2020. Russ, thank you so much for coming on our friends and family round. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jason. Well, look, um, people have heard a little bit about Docsend. I talk about Docsend in every one of our episodes, but would love for you to just spend two seconds on how you describe Docsend so people know. Yeah, absolutely. How I describe it kind of depends on what someone's trying to do with it. At the simplest level, it's send a link instead of an attachment, see how long they read each page see where they forward it to and be able to control it afterwards by turning off that link. Everyone gets a different link. You can even do advanced things like dynamic watermarking or create data rooms or generate e-signatures. And we've got a little over 16,000 customers. In the context of this though, we are pretty much the standard for sending pitch decks when founders are raising capital from venture capitalists because they want to see, did you read my deck? And if I update it, did you get the old version or the new version? And so it's been really interesting to see Doxen just take off in the fundraising use case. I mean, I use it for all of Doxen's fundraising and it's, you know, pretty obvious use case. We also get used for a lot of sales, customer success, investor updates. Uh, interestingly enough, Doxen is used by over half of venture capitalists that successfully raised in the last two years for their own fundraising. So we've, we've really kind of spread through the ecosystem. Amazing. I, I, I don't um, doubt that at all. I, I find that Doxen is becoming like Kleenex. It's like it, it defines document sharing links and at least in my circles, they're like, you know, did you get a doc send? Did you get a doc send? And sometimes it's a another company's link, but they're like, did you get a doc send? So kudos, <laughs> to, <laughs> kudos to getting to that rarefied air. So beyond just the amazing software and tools, doc send, I just think does some of the best content marketing out there. You guys actually, um, did something on the funding divide that we referenced in another episode with uh, Asharna Walsh. Um, but today I'm really excited to kind of talk through something you do on a quarterly basis. Can you tell me a little bit about the Docsend Startup Index, where it started, how you measure it, and how it's important for our communities? Yeah, absolutely. So there, there are a few things that Docsend does in the fundraising use case to provide value to founders and VCs and we started years ago actually just doing uh, research on fundraising and like what does a seed round look like? How big is it? How long does it take? And the startup index really came about because of the pandemic. What happened was anecdotally, we heard a lot of people say like, oh my God, is is anyone still investing? I need money for my company. And, and we take privacy obviously very seriously, but we look at things in aggregate and tried to answer some real basic questions around are founders sending their decks to investors or not? Like that's pretty important. Um, how, how much are they doing that this year versus last year? For the decks that are being sent to investors, are investors looking at them? How much are they looking at them this year versus last year? And so those were some of the main questions we were trying to answer uh, when the pandemic hit. And so we, we really tried to just be helpful to the startup community to try to take stock of what's going on in the world and then track its recovery. And so that's where the startup index came out of. And since then, every quarter, we try to round up what's going on. And then what do we think might happen going forward? Yeah, 
I mean, I, that, that's fascinating to me. And you just released your report on Q4 of 2020, but I kind of want to take a step back and, and maybe provide more context for the quarters before. You know, I personally just remember you know, March, April, and spending time with founders getting f- flooded with questions like you said what's happening right now are, are investors investing um can you can you go a little bit more deeply into to what you saw in q2 and q3 i just think it would be fascinating because at least anecdotally i'm like man roller coaster but and what did the data say yeah so let's take as a baseline 2017 2018 like a normal fundraising year if there can be one called that and we right. took a look at this because, you know, I always heard the advice, like, don't fundraise in August. All venture capitalists are on vacation in August. And I was always like, that's weird. Are they really? Like, so we kind of took a look at um, what are the patterns throughout the year. And we found that in a normal year, it's it's kind of U-shaped where January is really slow. February is pretty slow. March, like, really picks up a ton. So, like, March is one peak. And then it's kind of sustained throughout the summer into August. And then uh, in October and November is the other big fundraising season, like big spike in October, November. And that's like the oh no moment because then things really shut down in December and January. And then the cycle starts over again. Uh, And typically there's a big dip over like the 4th of July. There's a big dip over Thanksgiving. So so that's what we, you know, knew going into the pandemic when, you know, I think Doc said it was the, the first week of March that we decided to just work from home and, um, and you saw deals getting done in March that were already in flight, but then you saw April take a huge dive, mm-hmm. both in terms of people sending links, VCs looking at links uh, at all, and then not spending that much time in them. So anecdotally, what we heard talking to a lot of VCs and building this active VC list is, yeah, a lot of people were just in like panic mode and take stock of your portfolio. And so it was like, we'll, we'll honor the deals that we were almost done on. But in terms of sourcing new ones, like no one had any idea how this would shake out in the economy, how long it would last. And so um, and people thought it would take a long time to recover, but it, it actually didn't take that long. It only took about six weeks from when the pandemic started. Um, but the way people were fundraising was fundamentally different. And you know this anecdotally, right? You don't have any in-person meetings. So then the people are at like investors like, oh my gosh, I need to meet in person, but now I can't. So just people figuring out like Zoom meetings or how does that work? And so when we, we saw the numbers come back, it was really interesting because you know, we, we knew in a normal year how many meetings a founder would need to get to raise money successfully. And, and we knew kind of like how long their deck was looked at on average and kind of that viewing behavior. And what we saw when things bounced back was that Founders were creating way more links than they normally would. And there were just more founders doing that. So people who either lost their job or decided to leave or just decided to start something or all those founders who couldn't raise for the previous six weeks, like bouncing back. So you saw just a huge surge of people sending out links. Surprisingly, I thought that, okay, this is way more than normal. VCs can't look at all these links. They did. Like the amount of VCs (laughs) looking at links went through the roof as well because they're not on planes they're not at conferences they're just sitting right. at home reading that so here, here here is another narrative that I, I anecdotally i thought was playing out but i'm curious if the data said this as well which was generally speaking summertime is a time for investors to be spending with their kids who are on on summer break but like the the funny conversation was that after uh 
you know, two weeks, four weeks of the of the pandemic quarantine with family, people were like, uh, kind of want to go back to work <laughs> or I want to talk to people. Did you see relative to years past, you know, low, historically low periods or low months were actually higher? Uh, yes. So March was way down relative to the normal mm-hmm. year. That, that would have been the, the peak and into April before, you know, the summer is kind of a slump through the middle of it. And so we saw that peak go to a huge valley and then what is otherwise a slump go to a big peak. <laughs> uh, and so that timing also works out well with what I described, where it could be four or six weeks of taking stock of your portfolio. It could also mm-hmm. be four or six weeks until you're totally sick of your family. And then you need to, go, <laughs> to go back to your day job as an excuse to, you know, be on some calls, look at some stuff. So it could be either. Um, one other thing we know for certain is that the VC viewing behavior drops significantly. So they would only look through the first part of the deck and then they bounce. So, wow. you know, they're just being much more ruthless. So they're not going to conferences, they're sitting at home, they're looking at more decks, but they're flipping through these decks way faster to get to their decisions uh, and to choose who they're gonna meet with. It made things remarkably less efficient for founders because it put more pressure on them to contact more VCs, which is why we saw such a big spike in the number of links that people were sending. So in a normal seed raise, if you had to, you know, contact, you know, 80 investors, it, you know, it was dramatically more that you would have to contact to get to the same term sheet. Although that is another interesting thing we found this past year is we thought that prices would come down, you know, like, oh my gosh, you know, you could usually raise your yeah. seed round at, you know, 10, 12 million pre or whatever. And now maybe VCs will be taking advantage and they'll be, you know, putting in cheaper prices. And by and large, what founders have reported is that They've had to contact a lot more people, but if they get to a term sheet, the numbers are the same as they were before. Like there was no COVID discount uh, on, on the term sheet. Um, so that was uh, that was really good news <laughs> to go along with the fact that as a founder, you had to try a lot harder to raise money, even though there was a lot of fundraising activity. Data backed up what I was seeing myself with crazy swings between crashes in activity to historically high investor engagement rates through the summer. But there were changes that didn't show up in the data. More subtle things like how VCs got comfortable making investments. One of my good friends who's a partner at a large firm told me how one of his go-to final tests for an investment used to be taking founders out for a drink just to see how they behaved once the walls came down. That, of course, was taken away from him. If 2020 on its own wasn't crazy enough, Q4 really upped the ante with a presidential election that raised the blood pressure for both investors and founders alike. I really wanted to know what Russ's data said about the last months in the longest year of our lives. You know, we actually had data from the last election in 2016. We could go back and look at historicals. And what was interesting about the 2016 presidential election is that things kind of shut down before it. They shut down uh, after it, and they were way slower to rebound. So it was a really slow to recover Q1 for whatever reason. And we don't have data further back than that. So it's hard to know, is that a typical presidential election year? Was it because... You know, there is a, a, a change in, you know, the, the, the party in, in charge or, or what, what was that? So this year we were really kind of on edge to see like, okay, depending on what happens with the 
presidential election, will that change it before and after? And will this be this big sustained slump? Um, and by and large, what we saw was there was just a very sustained high level of fundraising activity. There was one big dip in November. So over like the Thanksgiving week, um, and again, we don't have a crystal ball. We can't, you know, survey this many tens of thousands of people. Uh, we do a subset, but we don't. We, we don't know what everyone was thinking. But it's it just, you know, people for whatever reason just decided to take off Thanksgiving in Q4. But then through the end of the year, just kept on going. Um, there, there was an oh no bump where founders are like throwing out a lot of links. But then, as opposed to there being a drop off, it's just kind of continued with really strong numbers. Um, I have to imagine that the public markets and how they've been treating SaaS companies play into this for yeah. all the IPOs we've had and the huge increases in multiples. It just makes software really attractive. A lot of investors also can pattern match back you know, to 2008 or the dot-com bust. And you saw a lot of really iconic companies created in the aftermaths of those downturns. It's also worth noting that the 2008 crisis was a financial one. And so investors had difficulty with capital calls and, and actually just the mechanics of getting money. Whereas during the pandemic, the financial systems are working just fine. So there's plenty of money being funneled back into these VC firms, VC firms mm -hmm. raising funds and just uh, a lot of demand for founders to go start interesting things. Um, yeah. So there's just been a lot of sustained excitement like right through Q4. Uh, and I also have to imagine that for investors that slowed down earlier in the year, like they wanted to end the year by getting a deal or two more done. And so, yeah, there just wasn't that slowdown that we thought might happen in, in yeah. Q4. Although the dynamic is, again, still the same. Not surprisingly, as a founder, you still have to contact more investors. And those investors are going to be uh, much quicker to judge the information you send them in order to decide if they're going to take a meeting, even though they have more time for more meetings, they're still very protective of their time and who they bother to meet with. Yeah. I mean, I think what's really interesting about this conversation is we're referencing a, a change in the rules of engagement and what you can expect and what you can predict. And unfortunately it, it has really sh shaken things up. Like I thought after the summer that you could just say, okay, well, this is what happens now. The holidays are no longer, never the holidays anymore like so you can just expect people to work but it turns out thanksgiving it dipped um and then when it dipped you're like well, okay well maybe now people are respecting the holidays but through the end of the year and christmas they didn't respect them and they kept working i mean one of the things is just that it, it this life within um the pandemic has just made things unpredictable it is a bit groundhog day e for people and so some people will respect some holidays, some people won't. I think it's a interesting thing for both of us to um, think about what the next quarter brings for us. We have a new president coming in at the end of this month. There is going to be some expectations around how the country itself and the world responds to the global pandemic. I wonder if we could go talk through what we've seen. You have a lot of data-based resources at your disposal to make a, a probably a very, very good prediction. I have more of a feel-based one. Um, but would you like to go first or would you like to hear what I think is going to happen in, in Q1? I'll go first because my data might influ influence your opinions, but uh, okay. your, your, your opinions might, probably won't influence the data. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, good. Uh, darn, I was hoping to cheat off your answers. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm very optimistic around the country's response to changing leadership. And I think the public markets are going to continue to do well. So I think we're going to be able to sustain a, f- a flat number through, through January and then through February and March actually see even higher than um, February, March of last year. Those are my high-level predictions. Yeah, I think mine aren't terribly dissimilar. One thing that's interesting in past years has been that in January, there isn't a lot of founder activity, but those founders who do send out links get a lot more engagement with them. So when you look at like visits per link, so like in aggregate, like how likely is a VC to take a look at your pitch deck if you send it in January? And January is actually the best month because VCs come back, I think, from the new year being like, okay, let's get the year off to start. I'm going to invest in a company. And then founders are oh, like, I just had a great vacation. I guess I should create my pitch deck now. And it takes them a while. Um, but yeah, what we've seen in, in January is still strong so far in terms of activity on both sides. And I would expect that there'll be more founders going to market in February and March um, for, for fundraising. So I would also expect like a stronger Q1 than normal. And I have to imagine that some of the trends we've seen just around there being more people starting companies, more founders, uh, like getting into the market, um, that there's just more things to invest in. I also haven't heard from VCs that they're really holding back in terms of like, oh, okay, I've already done two deals. I should really pace myself. people are investing in the things they're excited about and this just appears to be a time of a lot of innovation and a lot of people trying out new stuff and trying to think about what the future is going to be like and there's a lot of hope on the part of entrepreneurs i've talked to where the pandemic has accelerated certain trends but most people i've talked to don't think that you know once the vaccines come out those trends will be decelerated it's not like e-commerce is going to go like retract back to what curve it would have been on before. And so lose a lot, you know, a lot of these changes are going to be here for a long time. So, you know, I think there's just a lot of hope on the part of founders. I do think there's also been a pretty healthy amount of not growing at all costs. So some of the caution that's been instilled in founders from the start of the pandemic, like you really got to look at your balance sheet and like what happens if you can't raise type of things. I've, I've definitely heard a lot more founders being more thoughtful about how much they're burning and how much they're growing and how sustainable is their business. And so I think there are just a lot more companies that are, are building good businesses or have an eye on building good businesses. And I do think there's probably a backlog of companies that did not raise last year, but have been doing smart things and growing well and yeah. are in a position now to capitalize on some of that. So uh, and, and, you know, we see this in, at least in the data in terms of like things not slowing down like they normally would at the start of the year. And they're certainly not slowing down like they did after the last presidential election. Well, look, uh, through 2020 and 2021, there are new problems, new problems to be solved. And I think both you and I are are fond of, of making sure that founders are solving real world problems. So uh, I myself am looking forward to um, just a lot of excitement and entrepreneurship. And of course, we'll see it in the data and we'll check back in in a few months to see how close we were to these predictions. But Russ, thanks so much for coming on our friends and family round. We look forward to speaking to you again very soon. Thank you, Jason. Really appreciate it. 
That was Russ Heddleston, founder and CEO of Docsend, sharing insights from his company's startup index report on Q4 fundraising activity. You can find a link to the full report in our show notes on fundedpod.com. Thanks a ton for joining our friends and family round. If there are any concepts we discuss in the Funded podcast that you want to hear better explained or any other fundraising topics you want us to cover, shoot me an email at jason at fundedpod.com. Have a good one, and we hope you participate in our next round.